0: The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These podcasts are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician. Finding a trustworthy source for fertility information can be overwhelming. Reproductivefacts.org, a patient website developed by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine, has the medical information you need for your family building journey. At ReproductiveFacts.org, you'll find up-to-date videos, fact sheets, and answers to frequently asked questions, all developed by medical experts, based on scientific evidence without commercial bias. For your fertility questions, turn to a source you can trust, ReproductiveFacts.org.
1: Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine.
0: Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes, your host for this episode of ASRM Today. Today, I'm speaking with Andrew. Andrew is a member of the transgender community and is here today to discuss the experience of undergoing fertility treatment to build a family. Andrew, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So, if you would, give our audience a little bit of a background about yourself.
1: So, um, yeah, uh, uh prior to this podcast um i don't think about um my uh, transness very much um and now that uh my kiddo is 3 i i don't really think about uh all the stuff that went into uh how he was how he was born and how he came to be in this world um you know life just goes on and i'm living normal everyday life every day um so i i transitioned um a long time ago Uh, 2003 and all in all I mean I I feel pretty fortunate that I was able to transition when I was fairly young I was in my early 20s um, compared to a lot of folks who kind of you know aren't able to access services and things until they're much later so I was fortunate in that Um, was able to kind of plug into a good community found some good um, trans affirming providers in Portland Um, so felt I'm mostly supported. I mean, had some, some bumps in the beginning, but, um, uh, overall pretty good. No one talked to me about fertility at all, um, at that time, but, uh, that was not anything that was on my mind. It didn't seem to be on anybody else's mind. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't a thing. No one ever said a word to me about it. Um, and I was pretty adamant in the early days that, um, uh you know i that I did not want to have kids, so i it wasn't a concern that I even brought up um yeah, so uh many many years later, life changes <laughs> in unexpected ways um I'm just thankful that I've you know had the ability to cross paths with um with Dr Amato and all the folks at o h s u who are doing just super awesome work there and have been fantastic um without them. Literally, I would not have a family right now. <laughs> if when you started thinking about having children, even before
0: maybe even if you met your partner, you were thinking about it, or was that a natural thing when, once you met your partner and you began that discussion about having a child?
1: Yeah, no, that's um, everything about about having my son, it kind of just fell into place in, in the way that it needed to. And it was, at least on my part, nothing that I ever thought would happen for my life. Um, I was, for a long time in my life, pretty adamant about not wanting kids, and then I met um, uh, Natalie, who's Wes's mom, and uh, she's always really wanted to have children, and and I didn't really want to, but we had been together for quite a while, um, and we and that changed, and transitioning changed everything also, you know, and I started to think about myself as, um, as a dad, that made a lot more sense to me and it didn't make sense to me to, to see myself as a mom. That didn't, that, that wasn't like, that just didn't click for me. And so I rejected it. Um, but it changed when I started thinking about being a dad that just, that felt more aligned, felt more right. So it felt more possible. So then we started, you know, talking about it, how are we going to do this, um, and the more that we talked about it the more we were together the more we were just coming into our own identities the more we realized we both really really want to do this um we really want to have a child and and experience that just the joy of of that a kid can bring um and we so we we talked about it but of course it's not the easiest thing to do it it takes a lot of planning it takes money it takes all these things Um, so we started off by well actually a couple of kind of major things happened for for me in particular in my life Um, we had been talking about wanting to have a kid for a while and I was still trying to move through some surgeries transition related surgeries one of them that I really wanted to have was a hysterectomy and this was in 2013 so I Was all set. I actually was in the operating room um, to have a hysterectomy, and nobody had talked to me. Well, no, that's not true. The the gynecologist who was going to do the surgery did talk to me about um, fertility. And at that point, you know, she said, "Do you want to explore this? We could talk about freezing eggs." And at that point, I said, "No way. My body's not involved in making a baby. Um, I'm good to go. Let's just have the surgery." And I ended up having a really, really bad complication, and I didn't have the surgery. Um, and it was a, kind of a, a pretty scary thing. I ended up in the ICU for a little while, um, which was a little eye-opening where Natalie and I both went, wow, this, uh, you know, I, I possibly could have died during that. Um, we need to get on this. Um, I didn't. I'm still here. We're okay. Uh, let's seriously move forward and trying to have a kid. And so after that, uh, we started going through uh, using donor sperm. And we did a lot of that and it just never took. It just kept kept failing over and over and over again. Um, insurance wasn't covering hardly anything. They were covering maybe some lab work or something, but we did several rounds of, of um, sperm donation. Uh, Working with different sperm banks different donors all this stuff. Natalie Did a ton of stuff on her end to try to increase her fertility odds and it just wasn't working Um, So we're getting kind of discouraged. This has been going on for mm, Maybe like a year more we've been trying this route Um, And so then I had known Dr. Amato through I used to work at OHSU as a nurse and they started their transgender health clinic at that time. And I was kind of um, just getting a little bit involved with that in the beginning. And I knew that she was um, a a fertility provider who was very trans friendly and wanted to include more folks in her practice. Uh, So I knew who she was. Um, And we were at the point where we were we had given up on on donor sperm that just was not gonna work for we didn't understand why it wasn't working but it wasn't working and we couldn't keep throwing money that way Um, so then we're looking at our other options we decided to go in just for a consult just to see you know what's what are our odds and our options and all of this Um, and their office from the very beginning I I can't say enough good things about them um, were fantastic and uh, it ended up um, they did a, a pretty simple blood test on natalie to determine the quality of her eggs it turned out that um, it wasn't that great that that we weren't going to really get very far trying to use donor sperm and her eggs so i'm sitting in the other chair going well i still have eggs in my body and so we had a discussion um, which i never thought i would have this discussion uh and she said well why don't we go ahead and just test Do this blood test on you just to see you've been on testosterone for at that point it was like you know 12 years or something and we all thought it's going to come back negative like it's not going to be a possibility we might as well rule it out okay and at this point i still was very much in my head no way do i want my body involved in this um and the test came back showing that i had really really good egg quality which was a surprise to everybody and it just was a no-brainer at that point that that's what we were going to do. We were going to use my eggs.
0: I want to take a pause in the interview because there's something that we left out. After our interview, Andrew emailed me and asked that I mention to our audience about how the process actually went for them to have a baby. To quote Andrew, One thing that I did want to clarify was how Natalie and I had our son. We used my eggs, so I underwent the IVF treatments for that. But then Dr. Amato and her team harvested my eggs to be combined with donor sperm. Then once the eggs were fertilized, we implanted them in Natalie, and she carried the pregnancy. This is important in this interview because, as Andrew mentioned earlier, even when it seemed all options had been explored, they actually had not. What's a major difference then that you could let listeners know between the experience of going to some fertility clinics that weren't equipped to handle the situation as opposed to Dr. Amato's
1: clinic? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, just that I I knew that she that she was that she had knowledge about about transgender health that I mean, any other clinic, if I would have gone in, I would have been really guarded. I would have been really worried that they wouldn't even understand what my body was, or what I was asking. Uh, let alone just blatant. You know, I've had bad experiences with healthcare providers just blatantly being jerks, just because they're transphobic. But I, I wasn't. I'm not that worried about that these days because I, I have, I've grown a thick enough skin around that. But um, the piece about providers just not understanding my body Um, it's not that complicated (laughs) but for some reason people's brains get all scrambled um, when they see someone in front of them with a beard who's talking about having eggs in their body Um, and so any other clinic i would have felt like oh my god they're gonna you know be super confused they might think this is immoral they might have all these judgments um i might have to explain a lot i might have to take care of them just all this stuff and, and it wouldn't let me just speak to you know ask my own questions and and be the patient um and like i said i you know i i don't think that that transgender people are that hard to understand if you just listen to them if you just if you just talk to them um but for some reason a lot of common sense seems to leave people's brains when they interact with trans people and they get flustered and I don't know if it's worrying about saying the wrong thing but there's just a lot that that takes away from the experience from the connection of what you're actually there to do because they're you know and and also you know going to Dr. Amato's office I knew they'd worked with trans people before Um, so even my sitting in their lobby in their waiting room um, and being the patient I wasn't there for someone else. I was the patient that they were doing this stuff on and that wasn't weird to anyone. And I didn't I didn't feel like, you know, I didn't have, I guess there's the, the other piece that sometimes I, I encounter with people is um, just sort of shocked expressions of, oh, I didn't expect you to look like this kind of thing. And it's subtle and it's brief and it doesn't seem like it would be a big deal, but it can, it's nice when it's not there, I guess. It's nice when nobody is surprised that I'm there for a fertility visit.
0: Andrew, I wanna thank you so much for sharing your story with us this evening and also just for speaking with us today. It's
1: been an absolute pleasure to meet you. Absolutely, thank you so much. It's been great to be invited and I hope that this information is helpful to other folks out there.
0: concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, other information,
1: and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org.